What's up? What's up? Can, can can you hear us? Can can you hear me, Christian? Yeah. Hey, hey guys, what's up? It's the uh it's the first Unita Horror Podcast live debrief on my channel. Weird. I know, right? You guys are like, we gotta go over to this dude's fucking rinky dink channel to do this. Yeah, here we are. How's it going, Christian? How the hell are you doing, man? Good. Long day, but nothing bad happened, so I can't complain. Um finish eating dinner, settle down for a little bit, watch the little kitchen nightmares before I hopped in here. So I'm good. How are you? Doing well, man. Uh, Got to give a shout out. Crease Fold, thank you for the $2 super chat, brother. You are always, I can always count on you to be in, in these streams. How you doing, man? Um, dude, I know you saw, I posted on Instagram, our good friend Dave Vanderhoff. Oh my God damn. <laughs> um, <clears throat> 
Sorry. Anyway. I hit the uh, cord, as you can tell. Yeah, dude, he custom made me this tombstone. It's got my channel name on there. It's got the quote from Halloween 2 when they're addressing uh, the Lost River Drive. And I thought that shit was really, really cool. Dave took the uh, time out of his day, used his resources and his abilities to do that for me. Pretty sick, you know. Super talented guy. Yes, yes, he is. And he's really passionate about it, too. So I uh, want to say hello to everybody that's in here right now. What's up? To Jesus. How's it going, brother? Mark, Dylan, Akeem, Rock Music Forever, Witch Hunter, J-Dev, Eric, Matt, J.G. Michael, who Scratch, oh, man, Jerry, Quentin. Got a lot of people in here. How's everybody doing? And I'm sure you guys will be piling in as this gets going. So, Christian, why don't you kind of tell the people what this was? This was your brainchild. What? What do you want this to be? I kind of want this to be like that ESPN show that like kind of recaps all the um, the games and stuff and goes over highlights and stuff. And I thought it would be fun for let, let's say we do this once every month or twice every month. The previous episodes that happened, I, I go through some of the. Um, comments that we got on the podcasts maybe stuff that would would open up some sort of a dialogue some sort of a discussion we could talk about it so incentive to comment on the podcast episodes now um we could start a dialogue about some of it because some of those things that people say is something that is not like a yes or a no thing sometimes it's something that can open up a conversation and to make more or less the viewers of the show the fans of the show feel a little bit more like they're part of the show so they can, I'll read their comments. We can discuss stuff like that. Of course, the people that are with us in the show, I mean, we'll talk to you as well if you have comments and questions and become part of the conversation. So it's kind of, that's why I call it that you need a debrief because we're going to be breaking down stuff that's happened in the comments of our last videos, maybe updates from stuff that we've talked about. If there's new developments on certain things like that, not that I think there's any new developments per se that we have to bring up, but that sort of thing. Uh, it's going to be loose and chill and, and fun. You know, it's not going to be super, super structured to where it's like, oh, we can't read the chat or nothing like that. But that's the idea. And I thought it would be fun. So that's that's the idea that I had for the show. Hey, I mean, that works for me. Uh, I, but like, let's be honest, even when we do the uh, the legitimate podcast version of the podcast, we're never really super structured. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> Somebody said, like, this is the best Texas Chainsaw. I mean, I, I could read it, but, like, somebody said on the last one, like, this is, like, actually not the last one, was it? It was the one. Two episodes ago. Two episodes ago. Like, dude, I, this is, like, the best Texas Chainsaw Massacre commentary I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I saw a comment, like, somebody said something about, like, uh, you guys just, like, something about how we heart we brought up the movie, like, two or three times. And that Jessica Beale and it looked yeah. green. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. I'm like, Hey, you know what? Uh, that's, that's kind of what we do. And then you get people that say too, it, it, it always blows my mind. And I wanted to hear what you guys have to say in the chat. Cause I'll see comments on it after the fact too, that are like, when are you guys going to do another, uh, another casual commentary? And I'm like, I feel like you guys, like some people, like they never get the views that other episodes we do do. So I, I don't know. There's this like niche group of people that like, just really, really dig it. Like well, I figured out how to pull the wool over them. I didn't. You notice I didn't name that last that episode Texas Chainsaw Massacre live commentary, did I? No, you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> and it's tracking. There you go. <laughs> we'll lie to you. We'll lie to you. And he'll make like a really grabby thumbnail. Y'all will click on it. Next <laughs> thing you know, you're like, 
But a couple minutes in, you're like, oh, it's a commentary. Damn it. We already got your view. We already got it. Your fish is on the hook. Yes. What's up, Dave? It's Dave Vanderhoff. Yeah, brother. Here I am. Uh, okay. Uh, sorry. I'm up. I'm up on my uh, draft real quick. Fantasy football drafts going on right now, guys. I'm a Steelers fan, so I'm dying here because Chris Olave or Najee Harris. I'm going Najee Harris. All right. So... Without further ado, Christian, I'm going to ask you uh, if you uh, if you have any comments pulled up already that you want to go ahead and get started with. Yeah, I was looking at the episode 100, and you know it was a controversial episode. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about a lot of stuff on episode 100. We talked about Ocean Gate, which is all <laughs> yeah, yeah. seemingly you know it's it's past now. Nobody's talking about that anymore. Um, we, and a lot of people, it was interesting. Uh, a lot of people commented, I was looking on that. A lot of people commented on Piz and this one, and I don't want to necessarily, um, call out the people, but like Piz got a lot of, I just thought it was interesting. You know, Piz is a pretty, Piz, Piz always comes across pretty, uh, I don't want to say middle of the line, but like he usually is very stoic on his stances on stuff, especially on his channel. But I guess because he was on mine, he didn't give a damn. But people were just surprised more or less that Piz really went hard on Disney. Yes. In that episode. And um, he got some hate, uh, but it, it was, I just thought that was interesting, but I thought it was a, I thought it was a side of Piz that we saw in that episode that I've never seen before. And maybe it's because he was drugged up. So he didn't care, <laughs> but if you guys haven't seen that, I mean, it was it was a great episode, episode 100, and Piz went hard on Disney. He's not a fan of uh, a lot of the stuff they're doing now, and uh, I just thought that was interesting. But a lot of the comments on that episode were just people happy for us and everything. Yeah, but I, uh, Akeem, I, I want to say, I want to say really quick, Akeem, I have a series, I have the uh, next gen Xbox, so you could still play with me, Christian. We're waiting on Christian. He's got a. He said he's going to get that PS5. He's going to bite the bullet. I, 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 yeah, that's the plan. But, uh, yeah, no, uh, speaking of that episode, so did you have specific comments or did you just want to talk broadly about the reception? Uh, just in that instance, broadly, because okay. Piz got, I don't want to be like so and so said Piz is a man baby, you know, but it was just <laughs> some people were like, I totally agree with Piz, and other people were basically like, he's got it all wrong. Disney's not trying to make men look us any kind of way. Uh, Kind of a touchy subject, I know, but that's the big takeaway I had from that episode was Piz on that. So I, I just don't know if you had if you if you had any comments looking back on that episode with him, uh, dude. It's it's such a hot button issue to talk about Disney, and I I it it kind of annoys me. And like I know you and I have talked about this too, how neither one of us really give a shit enough to like invest that much energy in it. But I know right. there's a lot of people that do. Um. Yeah, I, looking back on that episode, I definitely was worried. I had talked to Christian after the fact. I was like, I wonder how people are going to like receive that because it's it seems like that's become a culture war issue that like you're either like pro Disney or anti Disney and you will not meet in the middle with anyone on that, which is really stupid, like super dumb. Uh, no matter what side you're on of it. Like, it's just dumb to make a blanket statement about a company because of a few movies or a few decisions they've made. I just think good or bad is I don't think you do that. I think what Piz was saying was recently. uh, I don't think he was saying Disney as a whole forever. Um, Right, right. But right now people are just like, it's either boycott Disney or I love Disney. And there's really not an in-between. So I I guess for me, it's just like, 
you're not going to catch me going to the theater to see a lot of Disney movies just because it's not, I'm not their demographic, like in all honesty, like I, I'm really not like had no interest in Indiana Jones, had no interest in the little mermaid. Like a lot of these movies, I just, I don't care. Um, there's people out there that like it. There's people out there that are totally vehemently against it for their own political reasons and whatnot. But for me, I'm just like, I, that's cool. Like what, <laughs> if you guys go see it, awesome. If you don't awesome. Um, but I do think the narrative has gotten blown out of proportion a little bit with Disney, like pe people thinking that they're just like, oh, they're hurting, man. They're bleeding money. It's Disney. It's like Disney. It, it's yeah. Disney. They're, they probably own the banks. Yes. I mean, they're, they're not, they're not hurting. They're not, they're not making as much as they want to. That's, that's a fact. They're, they're hoping every movie they make is a billion dollar movie, which is why they're putting $300 million into them. We already talked about how that's just stupid, but it's Disney. They're between the theme parks, the, the branding and name recognition alone, that they're never really going to struggle financially. It's just not going to happen. So, but yeah, I guess broadly with that, I, I agreed with some of what he said. I, I disagreed with some of it. Um, and uh, I just think like you're like you said at the top, I mean, I think you and I are kind of pretty much in the middle with that. Like, I, you know what I mean? They make dumb decisions. They make good decisions like most companies. I mean, shit, you know? I don't know. That's my thoughts on it. You have anything else to add? No, I'm, I totally agree with you. It's not, not something cool. that I have a, a dog in the fight. I mean, I, I don't even know. The Disney movies I watch really aren't Disney movies. It's like the horror films. Yes. That they own the parent company of the parent like of uh, like Prey. 20th and Century. Yeah. 20th Century. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you the last time I watched a Disney movie. Probably it was Hocus Pocus 2, which I actually didn't hate. Because I, I, I grew up with the original and I was like, Sydney, is this going to be any good? She's like, I don't know. I thought it was okay. It was, it was okay. It was okay for what it was. I mean, it was a sequel. We look back on Hocus Pocus guys. And, and I think we, I think we just vastly overrate that movie. It, it is, it is definitely like a, a quintessential Halloween movie. It's a yearly watch damn near every year. Like those yeah. are non-debatable. But like it hasn't aged super well. It's still very corny. It's still cheap in a lot of ways. But I mean, it's kind of like Halloween Town. I love, I, I love those movies from being a kid. But I go back and watch those movies. I'm like, these are not very good. What's uh, up with that too? Why do movies like you swear to God, movies when you were kids like they were different because they were so good when you were little? I mean, I'm convinced to, they're changing this shit, dude. To be honest with you, I mean, I, I personally think that. When we're younger, I just, it, it, I think that we see things through a different lens. Like, I, I just really do. Like, I think that when you're younger, you're not really, you're not really cognizant of just quality, I think, so much. And and you just remember what a movie meant to you, how it felt to you. I remember, I mean, you, you got to remember, too. We're only two years apart. Around October, when the Halloween Town movies were coming on Disney, the Disney Channel, you were like, oh, fuck, dude, it's time. Like it's, it's yeah. time. Like, here we go. And I think it's more that than anything. Christian and I were talking about this the other day in our, in one of our group chats about these reels that have that music and they show things from the nineties or the early two thousands and us being in the same age range, we can relate to like all of that stuff. And I couldn't put into words what it was. And Christian said something along the lines of, it makes me happy and sad at the same time. And mm -hmm. It is exactly that. And when I see reels like that, that's what I think of. Hocus Pocus, you know, Halloween Town, stuff like that. It's like, 
And I feel like, I don't know about you, but when you rewatch those movies, if you ever do go back and watch those movies, I don't watch Halloween Town every year anymore. I try to. I never. I don't even get to all the Halloween movies anymore every year. But it's almost like you kind of, a little part of you gets kind of transported back to that. You know what I mean? Like yeah, just a that's, little bit. That's, that's, the, that's the happiness. And then when the reel's over, it's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yep. But the thing is, it's just like I... I keep reminding myself, I was like, you know, it's it's fine because in, in 10 years, I'm going to watch reels about 2023 and it's going to have that same nostalgic music. And I'll be like, oh, fuck. Mm -hmm. With like <laughs> people wearing masks and like all this shit. Like you guys remember the 2020s? <laughs> oh, God. like I'd rather not. But yeah. yeah, dude, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's it's sad. Um, and Nikki, I agree. It is a cute, enjoyable movie and I don't care. I don't care for the fourth one. The return to Halloween Town, where they got um, what's her face, Sarah Paxton, to like mm. replace the role of Marnie. I was like, this is kind of weird. I don't know. The first two are money, like money. I love the first two movies. Like, I don't care what anybody says. I love the dude that's like trying to match the socks in the seven movie, oh, the second man. movie, just the way he talks. I don't know. It was just, but yeah. So, all right. Uh, do you have anything other comments pulled up? Or because, like I said, I do have. My uh, so you guys can see my fantasy football draft is going on right now. So I, I'm trying to keep the draft room open, but uh, if you want to pull some stuff up, I do, let me. Okay, while you're looking some stuff up, let me address something from last episode. We got a couple comments. Where's Ash? Uh, you know our, our buddy Richard. Really I'll read came, him. I'll read him. I'll read really. Him. Okay. I'll okay. So Christian's gonna pull up some of these I'll comments see. from the last episode because this definitely got you guys talking, and, yeah. and for good reason. I'll skip to that. The you need all, the the horror icons video, which mm -hmm. uh, oh fun. man. Uh, let me let me let me let me work my way into the aggressive ones. Okay, uh, yeah. this is from Chuck. This was actually nine hours ago. I haven't read all this all the way through, so I'm reading this for the first time as well. I'm a Friday and Jason fan through and through. However, I will admit that Freddy is the. 80s horror icon no one was as integrated in pop culture the way freddie was he was everywhere books toys games 800 numbers excuse me rap albums heck he was even a guest vg on mtv for crying out loud a lot of this is thanks to robert being the sole portrayal of the character much like doug bradley's pinhead which is a no-brainer icon that's what he said not me England gave Freddie a distinct personality in Graffitis that is missing in Michael and Jason because they are mostly interchangeable stuntmen with different styles of personalities. While they are good, the inconsistency of the performance keeps them from achieving that Freddy Krueger status. My personal opinion, of course. So it's interesting. There were a number of people that uh, did feel in the comment section of that video that Freddie was, in fact, the greatest horror. Because I, I said, I think he is the greatest horror character ever. And there were a number of people that agreed with me on that. Uh, that do think he is the greatest, and that was one of them. I agreed with you, and I'm a Halloween guy. Right. Uh, Sam Haynes Knight said, how can you not have the universal monsters? Then he says, JK. And I think I told you beforehand, it's like, come on. It's like, if you last 100 years, close to it anyway, a lot of those movies came out in the 30s. Um, come on. You're an icon. Like, yeah. it was a no-brainer. So that's why, I didn't, that's why I didn't put those guys on the well, list. On the flip side of that, can I ask you, personally, I've been thinking about this. And I talked to somebody about this. I was DMing with someone the other day about this. I personally think Universal isn't doing their classic monsters any favors. They're just, they're almost forgotten about. 
Like it's I, they, they put out two Dracula movies this year and didn't market either one worth a shit. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if people care anymore about them. Well, three years ago, The Invisible Man, a revamped, you know, loose retelling of a classic character, a universal monster, made over a hundred million dollars, got great reviews from every. Like I don't know anyone that was like that movie sucked. No, like. No. It was, I don't know. That's a good point. Um, I think they have to modernize them. That's the problem. And and I, and market them. And I don't, th they're either doing one, but not the other, or they're doing neither. Like you, Renfield was a modernization of that story, but they kind of just dumped it and walked away from it. And it's like, bro, you put like 80 million into this movie. Yeah, Why? it wasn't cheap. And it's it's on screen. It's a very, it's a bombastic movie. So you see the budget on the screen. I, I don't know. Same thing with Demeter. But I, I knew, I told myself, Christian, don't get butthurt about Demeter. I mean, just know that it's not going to do well and accept it. And it's probably the same thing. I had a lot of people say, oh, I'm not interested in it. Uh, yeah, and I'm just I, like, ah, damn it, man. Because it's a really, it's a really good movie. But I don't know. I mean, the Invisible Man's a good point, but like that was, uh, I'll give Blumhouse credit. Like they marketed that very well. The yes. last thing you're thinking is Universal Monsters. It was, oh man, it was great. But that's how you pull the wool over people's eyes. I mean, that really is. You don't. You don't want to show them a trailer. If you make a modern Frankenstein movie, you really don't want to lean into that old school too much. At least in the marketing, because you're going to get a lot of people that are just like, I'm not. Oh. I don't. I don't want to see that. Like. Yeah. Even if the movie ends up being that way, which I think for some of us would be really cool, we dig it. But don't lean into that when you're trying to sell it to 16 year olds. Like it's just not going to work. And The Invisible Man, they lean, they did not, and it, it was a very modern adaptation anyway. And so the marketing wasn't hard with that one because it's like we've modernized the shit out of this to where it's almost unrecognizable aside from the name, The Invisible yeah. Man. Yeah, uh, it's it's sad to think about, but and then you, and then they tried to do it. A few years ago, I say a few years ago, pre pre uh, Invisible Man with uh, they did the Mummy with Tom Cruise, and I don't know if it was successful or not, but I know that people were just kind of like, oh, I I don't know what they were trying to do. I think the Frasier era was just sheer dumb luck, and then it was the movies end up just being really great, and yeah. I don't know I don't know what they were trying to do because I didn't like the Tom Cruise Mummy film that much. It's like it's it's really hit and miss and bizarro with the way they're panning out um i hate to say it i just let blumhouse do like i think somebody in the comments was like it's time for a creature from the black lagoon oh dude i agree i mean that could be what well, they kind of did that already though guillermo did his movie um it was incredible film shape of water which was kind of a very modernized version of that although it is a timepiece still it takes place in like the 50s but that's kind of what that was and that movie won I think he won an award for it. I don't know if he won the best director or whatever. Uh, I, he did win an award for it, but I can't Dude, remember which one. That, that movie was incredible. Oh my God. That's so that's kind of our, um, modern creature from the black lagoon. So I don't I, know. It's, it's, it's a crap shoot with them right now. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, to tell you the truth, I like you said, I mean, you said it and I'll just reiterate it. Maybe it is time to let Blumhouse take a stab at it. Honestly, I mean, it is universal. Like they did, they did for every complaint you want to lay at Blumhouse's feet. They they did the Invisible Man right. 
I mean, they did. Uh, yeah, they had a good director. You know, I mean, I'd love to see a modern Frankenstein movie. I would. The Frankenstein's monster was always, always my favorite uh, of the um, of that era because probably because my favorite novel of all time is Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Like oh, I, yeah. it's a great novel. Uh, I read that for fun in high school. Like I just, I used to read a lot and um, I'd love to see like a modernized version of that story. And and if it's Blumhouse, it's Blumhouse. I don't care. They'll put money into it. Yeah. Th there was a movie that came out and I'll read more comments after this. It came out in 2015. It was called Victor Frankenstein and mm -hmm. it had Daniel Radcliffe in it. And I yep. love that movie. But again, I, I just don't think people are interested. No, you again, remember time piece. You remember Van Helsing? Yeah, that was. I saw that in theaters. Like so did I. Four. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Those were fun. Yeah, I just feel like I, that. I hate when people think say that that era has passed us. I don't think it's passed us. I think that the people that make those kind of movies and own those rights don't care enough to dig back into it. I, I just yeah. I don't think they care. But it needs a fresh coat of paint for it sure. It needs it needs a Jason Blum. Uh, if you want to catch up with the chat, out. We can do that. Yeah. I, can, I can even look at it if you need me to. Yeah. So, um, Shape of Water won Best Picture. Okay. Yes. Got it a lot. Deserved of, it too. It was so good. Uh, yes. Danger Tainment, Scarlett Johansson was announced as a Bride of Frankenstein, I believe. Did it get axed um, after the mummy underperformed? Well, yeah. It was actually recently, but nothing's happening right now, obviously. Um, McCorr says the Return of the Living Dead remake is going to have Screamo kids in skinny jeans. I'm fine with that. I oh, live yeah. that. I live that. I'll, I'll yeah. go with it. If they make Senses Failed be the soundtrack, I'd, I'll be totally okay with that. Nikki says that we need new horror icons. Well, kind of based off of that, what we were talking about in the last episode, that, I mean, you won't get that for years, even if these guys are making movies right now, because icon status, I mean, it it takes time. It takes time. It takes you a know, lot of time. We said that Art the Clown very well could be one soon, but he's not there yet. Um you know, the creeper from Jeepers Creepers, he'd be an icon right now if the, the creator of that series wasn't a fucking freak. Like, it's no. just, there's, I think there's a, there really is a lot coming out right now that's original. There really is. Yeah, we're getting requels and stuff. We're kind of out of the remake era, which is interesting. They've kind of just transitioned to requels. Um, but we're getting original stuff too. You know, people just got to go see it. I mean, it's like talk to me is doing really well. Uh, and that's good. You know, positive word of mouth, low budget. You know, you might look at it when it's all said and done and go, oh, it made like 50, 60 million dollars. Like, that's not that much. Well, when your budget's four and a half million. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, there's there's a lot coming out right now that I think is I think that it's the best of both worlds right now. I really do. And I do think 20 years from now, some of these characters we're currently seeing will be iconic. And I definitely think art is one of them. I think the only thing that stops some of these franchises is the creators of the studios themselves. I don't think it's the characters or the movies for that matter. Look at Hellraiser. I mean, we talked about that. Half of the Hellraiser movies are dog water, but Pinhead's an icon. I mean, That's it's, true. you know, it. they just got, they just got to show longevity like that. That's, that's all it is really. Yeah, I, this is definitely the legal limbo era for sure. And yeah, I, I don't know. It just sucks. You would think, okay, now would be the time to have new horror icons. But I don't know if that's what this era is about, per se, especially not villains. I, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe. But 
But as far as Ash Williams, Christian and I would we I think we'd both put him in icon, right? If, like I don't I don't think I don't think you couldn't. I may maybe my gut would say semi icon, but he, the thing about Bruce I have so much respect for is he's he openly calls himself a B movie actor. You know, he's he's had some success in mainstream films for sure, but he's always been a an uh, not an add-on character. What am I trying to say? A supporting character. Like he had a big, he had a small part in Congo, which was a big, big movie. He's been in a lot of horror stuff, but he's a genius at marketing himself. Yes. He always he always dresses really nice. He doesn't do every convention, so whenever he does show up at Texas Frightmare every three, four years or so, his lines are incredibly long. People are so excited to see him. He looks like a million bucks. He markets himself brilliantly. So he has the appearance of an icon. And I'm not taking that away from him. But in the pantheon of things, I don't know. My gut would say semi-icon. But to horror fans, no doubt, we look at him as such. But in the grand scheme of things, I'd call him a semi-icon. That's I mean, how I feel. Yeah, I, I I hear you. I hear you. I do because up until, especially until what, freaking Lord. I mean, you're you're talking up until Evil Dead 2013. Really, I think that a lot of people considered Evil Dead not underground, but definitely cult. Definitely like cult. A, yeah, yeah. As a franchise, it wasn't until 2013 when they really modernized it for teenagers. Really, that people were like, "Oh shit!" Like this. This is actually pretty gnarly, um, which was the right decision to make in the grand scheme of things, dude. I don't know what defense to draft right now. Um, let's go with the New Orleans Saints. Sure. Um, but, I mean, like, uh, there you go, Christian. New Orleans Saints. I'm, 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 I'm a Bears fan. <laughs> I know. I know. But their defense is actually pretty good. They were the highest remaining defense left. So, um, yeah, I, I just – and then Evil Dead Rise, like – was huge, which is awesome. But again, I think that's because the Evil Dead franchise is. We've talked about it. I mean, many people have talked about it. It kind of did. It had a, like a makeover almost. It was like, all right, let's lean more into like modern horror vibes and aesthetics and and whatnot, and and more kind of just go for the gross out. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if you go for the older movies. I mean, I can't tell you how many people I've shown those movies to, and they're like, yeah, that kind of sucks. It wouldn't work today. Yeah, not on a grand scale. No, I would love it, but so maybe you're right. Maybe he is a semi icon, all things considered. Um, Because even if you, even if your argument is, well, look at Evil Dead, it's thriving now, but it's thriving without Bruce. I know it's it's interesting how, dude, it really is bizarre how these movies in horror how much more popular it's getting i feel like horror is the new metallica you know how like you see the, the mm-hmm. chicks that i hate to judge because a lot of them are always pretty broads but like they they get those shirts there's a funny tiktok that always pops up this girl's like i don't know what this is but i'm i love this word the metallic word i see all these girls wearing this and i had to get it i feel like horror is getting that way where people it's just so fucking popular now I mean, it's like nothing now to get cool shirts at Walmart of all these movies. There's Exorcist shirts. They're like The fact that they have a Dream Warriors t-shirt, you can get a t-shirt of the poster at Walmart. This is incredible. Just fucking yes. incredible. So everything's getting, everything is just getting more popular and popular and popular. And then you got Shudder. Um, it's just, it's insane. So everything's, 
everything's just growing in popularity. And a lot of those franchises like Evil Dead, they're just they're they're coming up and up and up and up. Uh, so, fat Pinhead. Uh, fat Pinhead. He'd be he'd be back of the line, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> he'd be back of the line for sure. Hey, put him in entertainment. Put him in the back. Day entertainment with a good one. If they're modern day Metallica, which horror movies are saying anger? Me and Nick will never agree on saying anger. That's not true. We've, we have parsed this out. We have talked about this. I understand why people don't like saying anger. I think it's like an IPA and I hate IPAs. And right now Dave Vanderhoff is punching the wall that I said that. Um, I, I'm a more of a light beer guy, but I think St. Anger is definitely an acquired taste. And I think that you had to be an angry person when you first heard that album to respect it at all because it's a really pissed off album. It and is angry. Walk, and you I, watch I some that. kind of monster and you're like, dear God, these dudes fucking hated each other. I Here's mean, my thing. I'm just saying we'll move on. For a band that blazed so many trails, for them to try to sound like bands of that time is just criminal. I can't. No, I, no guitar solos? Dude, sonically. Okay, I'll give you that. Sonically, sonically it sounds like shit. It does. It does. Although that riff in Some Kind of Monster is I awesome. Did, that, I did Bob Rock a while ago. Dude, come on. Come on. You know damn well that that, that riff in Some Kind of Monster goes hard. But Some of the songs, like, frantic, tick. I'm not saying it's a terrible album. I just, I truly, I truly don't like it. I love Fuel and Refuel a thousand times more. Dude, I can't. There's there's a couple songs on Load I like. There's a couple songs on Reload I like. But I think as albums as a whole, I've never been big into either album. Never. I mean, I just I, I have. I, I love those and Garage Inc. Uh, oh, my cool. uncle raised me on the cassette for Garage Inc. I will ma always maintain their version of Turn the Page is better. And I know that some people are going to say that's blasphemy. I do not care. Dude, they did a great Blue Oyster Cult cover of Astronomy. They're the yes. only band I've ever seen cover that song. Uh, one of my favorites, I think, is uh, an old folk song that mm -hmm. they made, uh, Whiskey in the Jar. Whiskey that song is jar. awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, dude, we could talk Metallica all day, but it is funny. I mean, I guess to answer your question, which movies would be the St. Anger? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You want to go it's like gotta be something. It, well, it's got to be. It, let's let's put it into context. St. Anger is still an album that sold a lot of copies, but it's not i wouldn't call it a mega mainstream thing because it certainly faded away a little bit you really have to be a metallica fan granted there's millions of them mm -hmm. to know about it so to me and then you have to figure out which side of the coin you're on i'm not a fan of it so for me i would call saint anger like the what was that movie that came out a few years ago with one of the stra uh, the strangers kids the turning like to me, saying anger yeah. is like the turning. Like that's my saying anger. Like fuck that. I hated that movie. <laughs> I predicted that movie within five minutes, which is bad if I predict it because I'm an idiot. Mm -hmm. So that's that's my saying anger. Yeah, uh, Evan says I love the sound of a trash can being beaten to death. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Um, oh, Mick Horror says the Black Album was their last good album. I disagree. I disagree. I I really. I still haven't listened to hard or the the most recent one, seventy two seasons front to back. Um, but uh, Hardwired, I actually really enjoyed, and uh, I'm somebody that thinks that Death Magnetic is underrated. I, I really like Death Magnetic. I think that Death Magnetic has some great songs on it. The Day That Never Comes is awesome. Unforgiven Three is awesome. Um, 
I think it's an underrated album personally, uh, but Hardwired, I think most people would agree is a pretty damn good album. Like yeah. I, I, that's a good album. It's fantastic. Yeah. I, I'm not the biggest fan. And when I like Moth in the Flames, one of my favorite songs. It's one of their best albums sonically. I really think that's one of the most complex albums, which is different from Metallica because we, we got a comment in the chat about how uh, Megadeth is better. Um, sonically, Megadeth is way more intricate. That's Dave Mustaine's thing. But his voice, nah. I mean, just the the way their music sounds like, and I, I I'm, I'm somebody just, that I like Megadeth, yeah. but I I'm, James Hetfield's way better as a vocalist. I'm sick and tired of people only talking about Metallica and Megadeth. Here comes start Anthrax. talking about Anthrax. They're yep. fucking incredible. I love Anthrax. I love Anthrax. Anthrax. I like them, but I, I don't much. like Slayer. I don't like Slayer. No, I I got shit on that. We got shit in the comments. That was an older episode, but I just remember I was like, yeah, Slayer, it just sounds like a bunch of shit. <laughs> That's all. It's just, and then, you know, I, oh God, I'm not a Slayer fan. Kerry King's no. an asshole. Nobody likes him. He wears dad glasses, sunglasses on stage. He's got shitty tattoos. Jeff Hammond, when he passed away, that band turned to complete shit. So there you fuck go. Slayer. Fuck Slayer. All right, Christian, let's get back into the comments. People, go listen to Anthrax. Please go listen to Sound of White Noise from 93. It's one of the most incredible records ever. So, Also, Slayer. guys, if you haven't watched uh, Some Kind of Monster, which is a great documentary, it really is. But a lot. Of, another thing about St. Anger, before, just before we get off this, James Hetfield had just blown his voice out. So like when they recorded that album... Like his voice, he, it was like, I don't even know how to put it. Like it works in the sense, cause it's supposed to be this like raw, angry record, but like his voice just wasn't there. Uh, I'm, I'm glad he got it back because some artists can blow that shit out and never get it back like ever. So, mm -hmm. um, Most but of yeah, them have to completely relearn how to sing a different way. They yeah. It's crazy. That's the problem, okay. man. A lot of these guys learn to sing just from their throat, and that's not how you do it. It's in your yeah. diaphragm. Yep. Okay. Um, sticking on, we'll stick on the most recent episode, which was the um, horror icons list. This comes from Verilla Ver, Verisimilitude eight six sixty. Verisimilitude. Um, he says uh, he or she, I don't know if this is a guy or I think it's a guy. I respectfully disagree. Nick to me, Jason is the most recognizable horror icon of all time. It's that hockey mask. Everyone knows what that is. I'd say it's almost matched by Freddie's glove. So it's interesting that he says, let me break down what he says. And then this is obviously addressed to you, but it's interesting that he says, Jason is the most recognizable, but Freddie's glove is still unmatched in terms of like the most iconic thing. So it makes me confused. Is he? Does, do they mean that Freddy's still more iconic or not? Because they say that they think uh, Jason is, which is still part of how I feel. I'm not sure. Yeah, see, I mean, look, man, for me personally, I, I did see that comment. I saw all the comments. I, I go through and I always read them. And I've just done a better job of if somebody says something shitty to me, I just don't reply. Or if I do reply, I don't get butthurt about it. Um, but uh, yeah, I saw that. I mean, I guess also it may be a matter of living through it. And unfortunately, neither one of us did. So we can't really say. I mean, when, when Jason was at his peak, we were not conscious enough to, to know what was happening. But having said that, man, I just look back. Dude, 
I mean, yeah, Mark Saturn video says Jason is iconic. The mask is. And I, I agree. Whereas I think in the eighties, unequivocally, even as somebody that's a Halloween guy, Freddie ruled that era. And that's when most of the Jason, the Friday movies came out and Freddie ruled that era. So when Friday was dipping in box office receipts, movie after movie, slowly going down, you had Freddie on MTV. You know, you, you, you had his movies making tens of millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. Even Freddie's dead. They're like, okay, well, we're seeing diminishing returns. And then it makes a shitload of money. And so it's like, I, I don't know, man. I just, I personally, I understand why some people have that take. And especially if you live through it, maybe it's different. But I just, I can't get behind it, man. I really can't. I think that of the 80s and just horror characters, I think Freddie is the most recognizable. And he ruled the most important era. Um, I think that nowadays it is Michael Myers, like unequivocally, but that's just because he's had multiple movies come out while neither one of these franchises has done anything. Um, but I don't know, man. I mean, where do you sit with it? Because I mean, that's, that's, I don't know, more of a dig at, I mean, we both agreed about Freddy. I don't know. It's tough. I just go like, it's hard because I don't live in the normal world because I'm, I'm in the horror world and that's the most of the people I talk to. It always seems like I talk to more people that are Friday the 13th fans than anything. That's it. so maybe I'm skewed. I don't know. Like I've, like I've said, I, I, that's why we have these discussions to see what other people think. Cause I don't know. I just don't know. But yeah, looking back in the eighties, like the numbers don't lie. <laughs> Fred, it was it wasn't even close. No, <laughs> it wasn't even close. Freddie's the first four movies continually made more money. Christian, not even just that, dude. People overrate Halloween four, for example. Like I remember, you watch Twenty Five Years of Terror, or you watch any documentary on the Halloween franchise, and every time they get to Halloween four, they're like, "Well, Halloween four came out, and it was a big hit." <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it really was an injection a shot in the arm for the Halloween franchise. And I look back and I go, it made $18 million. Yeah. And, and Freddie F- dream master made 50. <laughs> yes. Like Halloween three made more than four. What do you mean? It was a shot in the arm. Like, and it was panned critically. I guess it was a shot in the arm in the sense of the fans were like, cool. <laughs> Michael Myers is back. <laughs> yeah. No, a little heroin's better than no heroin. I guess. Yes. But I mean, it, they always overrate it. And then Halloween five made like 15 million. Mustafa got money up front for Halloween five for all the movie theaters. So even if that movie tanked, it didn't matter to him. No, he got his money. He yeah. got, that's incredible to me. Yeah. Um, it's just wild. It, it it literally boggles the mind. Like when you think about it, you're like, I mean, yeah, as much as I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a Michael guy, as much as uh, I love Halloween and everything like that, dude, they were getting, Michael was getting shit on in the eighties, like absolutely pooped on. Yeah. And then in the nineties, Freddy's dead came out in 95, right? 91. 91. God, wow. no, I'm thinking, uh, yes, that's what I'm thinking. Okay. So Freddy's dead comes out in 91. It makes like what 32, 33 million? Yeah, it did pretty damn good. Yeah. Yeah. And then Halloween, the curse of Michael Myers comes out and makes like 15, 15, 20 million, something like that. And it's just kind of like even when Freddie was down, he was still up. I get it. Halloween and Halloween 2 were another beast. Those movies mm-hmm. were huge. But after that, 
Halloween never gained its footing again until H2O and it was short lived because H2O did well. And then resurrection, I mean, resurrection made like 33, but it like was less than half of H2O. Like, you know what I mean? The stars definitely align looking back. And it, it's interesting if Freddie's dead hadn't have done, hadn't, hadn't have done well, they wouldn't have been like, okay, we've got to stretch this and make another, like they probably wouldn't have made another Jason movie at the time. They would have waited if they would have tried going forward more with Freddy versus Jason. So the reason we have Jason goes to hell is truly because not, not technically Jason X, but the reason we have Jason goes to hell for sure was because new line said, why we, we can milk this cow more. We, there's still profit here. Why are we, why are we not going to, why are we just going to do Freddy versus Jason? We bought this character. Why are we? Not, and that's, that's where the seed for Jason goes to hell came, really came from. Yeah, and I, and I see JG says it, may, it was only made on $5 million, so it made his money back. It definitely did. Halloween 4, Halloween 5, and Halloween 6. They 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 all made their money back. Um, that's, you know, but I'm just saying, whereas they're making their money back and, and skating by, Freddie's buying Bob Shea pools. You know what I mean? For his dogs. Yes. So I, I just, even as a Halloween guy, man, I got to be honest sometimes and be like, dude, I mean, Bob Shea was living a lot better than Mustafa was, especially near the end there. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I And I think part of that was, like we talked about, Freddy was a character you could sell, even if the movie was just dog shit. Mm -hmm. Like, he's a character you can sell. I mean, with Halloween, if the movie's dog shit, it's like Myers has no personality, really. Like, what's what's when you walk away from the movie, are you going to be like, like Halloween Resurrection? I think the movie's dog shit and you don't even think about Meyer's performance in it. Cause if the movie around it is dog shit, nobody cares. It's hard. I mean, to, yeah. It's hard to take it seriously. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know, but that's where uh, I stand with that. If you want, you can either go to the comments if you want to, or cause I've got Richard strange first comment situated. He's got two. Go ahead. Pull it up. All right. This is from Richard, Richard Stange. I keep wanting to say strange, but it's S T A N G E. Uh, first things first, I must get straight. I'm sorry, Nick. I love you, man, but you have Jason Voorhees wrong. He is definitely more iconic than Freddie and Michael, even though they are all three on the same level, really. It original 1990 has no warts, as you call them. God, he's going after you. I know. He really did. He's a good be, guy, though, Richard. If you're watching this, you're, I, I, I do not take this personally. You're a good guy. It would be hard for me to disagree with most of what you guys said. It would be nice to see the classic Universal Monsters. They are definitely icons, which is why I didn't do it, because it's just like, eh. And some were semicolons and cults in that franchise universe as well. Also, I disagree with Freddy being the greatest horror villain of all time. Count Dracula is the greatest horror villain. Villain Dracula was published in 97, well over 100 years ago, and the character is still being adapted. I think it is a fact that Count Dracula is the greatest horror villain of all time. We did admit our oversight and saying that we didn't include the Universal Monsters, but honestly, yeah, Dracula is probably, I would say, trumps them all. Everybody knows I mean, even if, even if, I mean, your basic inspiration for any vampire movie is Dracula. Dracula. Yeah. So, but I mean, okay, as far as his comment goes, and I want your opinion on it too. Again, it's, it is all subjectivity, like all of us, you know, it's all, it's all subjective. We can say, well, this guy's bigger than this one because X, Y, Z. Yeah. But we can't actually like really definitively prove that it, it's our opinion. We have our reasons for having our opinion. Yada, yada. Mm -hmm. um having said that though christian as a fan of uh, we as we both are but as the bigger fan of the 1990 miniseries of it 
it definitely has warts, especially in that second half. That movie is not that series is not flawless. You you can, you could not convince Tommy Lee Wallace of that. The first half is certainly better. The spider alone, there's a wart. Yeah, that that's really. I just I just I think this the first one. There there are moments in two that I love more than anything. As a matter of fact, my favorite moment of of the entire thing is in the second part, which is when they have the flashback of um, Stanley, stuttering Stanley, when he goes inside the house and you see that mummy. Pennywise. Oh yeah. Oh, it terrified me. Mm-hmm. Um. The spider, it's yes, it's definitely a wart, but it was really sad because the documentary, uh, Pennywise, the story of it that just came out. Tommy said the first time I ever saw that thing was this the day I had to shoot it, and it was nothing like I thought it was going to be. And it's it's supposed to be a spider, it just looks like a big ass, like, like crab tarantula thing that couldn't move, it was yes. unoperable. So that's certainly a war. I not not to mention. I I think what it really boils down to is what would have been cooler than I don't I I, I don't think either it movie uh, made the ending better than the actual clown. Quite frankly, no. The but have you read the like book? Part, no, I, I have not read the book. You can't do that ending. You you cannot do the. You ending. know what Sydney told me about that. I, she's told me I don't remember what it is. If it's really profane, it's basically it's like a fucking astral projected fight between the turtle and it, mm-hmm. and it's so fucking weird. Like yeah. it, you you couldn't do it. There there's just no way. It's like Bill using like fighting in another dimension almost with the help of the turtle. And I mean, I even reading it, I was like, dude, Stephen King was high as shit. Like he was so high when he wrote that. Um, And it's also the ending of the first part where they all have an orgy with Bev as teenagers. Like Stephen King and his endings, man, I know it's a running joke, but it's true. Like most of it, it's true. Like some of them are just like, you, you can't, you, you could not film that. (laughs) I think that, yeah, so. I think it's fair to say that the second one has warts, um, but Richard loves it. So yes, I, and, and I, I like I like part two as well. I really do. I think for the most part, all the I mean, dude, look at the cast. The cast in the the original or the TV movie is mm-hmm. sensational. No, I like I like the miniseries. I always have, and I, nostalgia absolutely plays a huge role in that. But I also just I do think it is unequivocally a good miniseries. I do think it's good, but. And and don't get me wrong, it and it chapter two have a ton of warts too, mainly the CGI. And I totally get Andy Muschietti talked about we wanted it to look cartoony yeah, and yeah, nightmarish because yeah. it's kids' imaginations. But at the same time, as someone that isn't a child watching that movie, I'm like, some of this is too corny. I love those movies, but Dude, the clown works better with the kids in both movies. I yes. think that's pretty fair to say. That might just be straight up fact. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's let's call a spade a spade. But yeah. I like, but but I like chapter two more uh, simply, and I know I am in the vast minority with that one. Uh, but I don't know what it was. I think the adult cast was like literally perfect. I think they all looked like grown up versions of those kids, which was wild. I thought they all had really good chemistry. It, it also had an A list cast. You know, Jessica Chastain. You had fucking um, James McAvoy, Bill Hader. Like it was awesomely cast, and it was darker. 
Like that movie was meaner. That's one thing you cannot take away from chapter two. There is a lot of comedy, sure. And Bill Hader is hilarious in the movie. But like the dark moments are super dark. I remember the scene where he kills Vicky under the bleachers. I'm just like, dear God. And then you get another child murder scene and they don't hold back at all in the funhouse. He just chomps that kid. Blood goes everywhere. You're yeah, like, there were good moments in two. The, well, the opening, the opening of two, Ooh, the, yeah. the, the readaptation, I'm going to mm. call it remake. Cause it's too big of a word guys. The opening of the new it chapter two. How about that? Had the best. Uh, Cause that, that was great. Cause it yeah. shows that Pennywise like, man, you really don't like it. He just, he just killed a bullied gay kid. Yeah, I mean, like that's that's well, that's how you become a villain. The book makes it clear, but uh, why it, he was attacked in the first place because of the infection. Like Pennywise had pretty much infected a lot of people in that town. That evil had infected that town. So, like the anger and the vitriol that those people used against that guy and right. beat to beat him up. That was that was an extension of Pennywise. Um, right. Right. So then it was like they started it, and Penny was like Pennywise was like, "Cool, now I can eat you." Um, JG Michael wants to know my opinion on the first half of the ending of that book. Um, I do think some of the controversy is blown out of proportion because if you read it, it is not like he's, it's not something that he like romanticizes what they're doing in that sewer. I'll just say that. Like, it's not something like that. So I don't find it offensive, but I do find it. I wouldn't want to see that in a film. Let's, I think, let's, it's, I think yeah. it's interesting. Yes, is that what people it, say when they don't know what to say? Yeah, it's it's like that's an odd decision. But the explanation is that they had like – it was them losing their childhood, like leaving all of that behind them. They're now going – they're transitioning into adulthood. I think it's a little on the nose to make your transition into adulthood getting laid. But, I mean, that's kind of what they did. So – you know, it's, yeah, it's that movie, that book, the miniseries, the movies, they're, they're a whole can of worms anytime you talk about it. But I think at the end of the day, most people agree, both on-screen adaptations, we got pretty good, pretty good. Like, you know, yeah. I, I don't think many people were like, this fucking sucks. I saw Batman in the chat, Vengeance. He said, I never liked it. <laughs> well, what, you, what can you do? Uh, Ryan wants to know, Nick and Christian, have you either, either one of you ever seen Frailty? Yes. Yeah. Frailty's awesome. Yeah. That's a great, great movie. Great Bill Paxton film. Yes. Yeah. That is a very good movie. Kind uh, of a hidden gem now. Uh, yeah. You don't. Granted, it's kind of missing on physical media. If it gets a new release, that always bumps up its fan base for sure. Uh, great movie. That scared the fuck out of me when I was. I saw it in like the next year whenever it came out on VHS. My family rented it, and it fucked with me for days. Just don't ask Christian about Session 9. He can't get mm -hmm. behind it. Um, you want me to ask another one? Yeah. Hit it. This was a good one. Where would you guys put the killer clowns? I know they only have one movie, but they've gotten a ton of attention recently. I thought that was a great, I thought that was a great question. Colt? I agree, because I think they've officially outgrown their own movie because of Spirit Halloween. I think more people know them and just think of them as some can, some brand, right? Mm -hmm. And um, definitely cult for sure. You know, I would have almost said subculture, but when you, I, I thought about that today when I looked at the comment, I was like, you know what, man? Like they've got blankets, shirts, dolls, toys, T-shirts. I went to Spencer's last week or whatever, and like, dude, there's a killer clown T-shirt section. 
They so got that big I, ass animatronic at Spirit. They got Fest. animatronics. Uh, you know, I, Which, I love killer clowns. So I mean, I want to ask you too. I mean, on that same topic, with how much they're romanticizing killer clowns lately, mainly Spirit, but you got to think a, a a new movie or something's coming soon, right? Yeah, I, I was thinking about that as well. It's like, are they George Lucasing it? Because I remember when I was really, really little, it was '97. And like the McDonald's had toys, KB toys was flooded with toys, Walmart was flooded with toys. And I was thinking to myself, what's looking back, of course, not when I'm fucking a baby, little kid thinking, does this mean they're going to make a new movie? Mm -hmm. But looking back, it's like Lucas was really putting out feelers, I think. And he was like, when everything was selling at such an incredible rate, all these toys and stuff, he was like, let's go to work. And you almost got to wonder if you're licensing out these properties. And whoever owns Killer Clowns, and obviously Legendary owns Trick or Treat, at a certain point, you got to say, how hard does this baseball bat have to hit me in the face before I realize, like, it's time to, you know, it's like, what is, the thing is, here's the deal, though. Michael Doherty put the movie in his hands, trust him, let him do his thing. If you get, if you give me anything but practical effect clowns in this movie, dead on arrival. Yes. Dead on arrival. Unless it's like a cartoon type thing. Different ball of wax. Because I could see them doing that, quite frankly, because the cartoon artwork is massive on the on the um, merchandise. So maybe they could do something like that. But if they make a movie, they've got to, the Chiodo brothers have got to like that's from the movie mold. That one of that's that mm -hmm. expensive ass clown I have there. They got to shove those on people's heads. They got mm -hmm. to. So. Yeah, I mean, for me, I agree. It needs to be practical. If it's not practical, it's just not going to work. It's not. It's not going to work. You're not going to get the people you need to go out and see that movie. I mean, no. you, the the fans of it. So, and they should do I, like a, a fathom event thing for it too. Yes. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and then as far as trick or treat, as long as Doherty's the director, I'm down. Uh, yeah, if, if you announce anybody else. I, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know how I'd feel. Like, I really don't. I, I think the guy works with monsters super well. He's proven Incredible. it to me three times with Trick or Treat, Krampus, and then Godzilla King of the Monsters. The dude right. does that shit well. Like, you, you give it to him. He wrote it. He created it. It's his baby. Like, do not give that to somebody else. Just, just don't do it. Um, but yeah, like you said, how, like, how much of a beating do you need to realize, like, you know what? There might be some money in this. Like, I mean, at some point, all the piles of money you're making every year from August to November at Spirit Halloween, maybe you should be looking at that and going, maybe we take a chunk of that and make a new movie. It's maybe. And then you, because that only helps your merchandising. That only helps your marketability. You can put out new stuff from that new movie. Yeah, and I, it's insane. <laughs> It's fucking uh, incredible to me. Yeah. I, I would have to imagine with trick or treat though. It seems like I would have, I, I almost wonder if it's more Michael than anything like, Hey, I, I can do it, but I've got to write it that, which I think he's already written in one, but yes. he's got to get the time to do it. Well, he, he hasn't, he hasn't done a feature since King of the monsters because he had said in an interview after King of the monsters came out, actually leading up to it when he was doing press, he said that the next thing, his goal was his next movie was trick or treat too. That, oh. that was the plan. And obviously, King of the Monsters is a legendary property. So, you know, like, that was the plan. And then, what, a year and a half later, COVID happened? 
And then right after COVID, everything starts getting back to normal. You start to hear news. Oh, Winona Ryder, trick That's or right. treat too. And then God, strikes. I want it so much. Yeah, it's like it's it's almost like this movie. Everything is against this movie, aside from how popular and how well it would do and how much everybody wants to see it. Everything else is against it, though. Um, but yeah, I I I, I want to see it. I need to see it. Uh, I don't give a shit. People say it doesn't need a sequel. Nothing needs a sequel, but guess what? Trick or Treat's an anthology movie, so none of that shit's linear. The only thing that's linear is Sam, which Sam. makes a sequel awesome. I mean, it, it makes it non-blasphemous in any way. If it's just another, it's just going to be another anthology with just Sam carrying over, I'm cool with it. Tales from the Shelf. How you doing, man? He puts in a $4.99 super chat. Says, yo, what up, fellas? Playing some TCM while I listen to this. Always glad to have more than you need in my life. Yeah. Yeah, we're glad to be here, brother. And uh, I'm, I'm glad to hear you're playing that. Uh, thank you for the super chat. I just started playing it last night. I only played two matches. Um, I won both uh, as the family. And uh, my first match I ever played, my brother was talking to me. He's like, oh, it's hard as shit, man. My first match I ever played, I was a hitchhiker. And I kind of didn't know what I was doing. Um, until the end when I had fed grandpa enough blood to where you could see the, the survivors, there was only one left. I found that bitch stabbed her in the throat, got the final kill. So, um, yeah, it was cool. Uh, Ben Grimm. Yes, there is a sequel comic book and, uh, I own it. I actually could go get it. It's on top of my bookshelf. It's called trick or treat days of the dead. Have you read that Christian? I have it, but I never wrote, I've never read it. Yeah, it's actually pretty cool. I, I like it a lot. I actually, I display it on top of my shelf just because I just, every now and then I look at it and I go, man, if only we could get this in movie form or something like oh, this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, Dallas wants to know, Christian, do you know if Legendary still has Texas Chainsaw's IP? It's hard to say. Was Dark that the guy? Was the new movie Legendary? Let me see. Let me, let me Wikipedia it. And then while you're looking that up, CR wants to know, where would you guys place Billy from Black Christmas? Subculture? I wouldn't say subculture. I'd, oh. I'd say cult as well. I, re I really would. Um, you could even make an argument to me. I would hear an argument of semi-icon. I would hear that argument. I'd probably still go with cult, but I would hear that argument for sure. Uh, Legendary was a production company behind the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay. Okay. So. So then maybe I they know. do. I, I don't know. Legendary's weird, man. They have a lot more properties than people think that than we realize, but they just don't do a lot with them. Like it's like they, <laughs> they're, they, just they chilling, dude. they're just yeah. collecting the they license fees from trick or treat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. It, they, they got trick or treat. They got Godzilla, um, which, you know, that shit working with Toho to get that was not easy. Like, you know, and you know, that wasn't cheap either. No. Um, yeah, man. Legendary sitting pretty. I, I know there was a rumor. A lot of people were like, oh, no. After Godzilla versus Kong, it uh, looks like Legendary might be uh, letting the rights lapse and, and and they might be gone. And then Legendary was like, fuck that. We're making another movie. <laughs> so, which I'm glad because I think they've done great things with the MonsterVerse. I really, really do. Oh, yeah. I loved all of them. I, I really did. I really took a shine to 2014 after a number of years. I saw that movie four times in theaters. I just wanted Godzilla back so bad. It had been almost 20 years since like a mainstream Hollywood adaptation. Yeah. 
And I just thought as, as much as the first half of that movie is so boring sometimes, once Godzilla shows up on screen, I'm just like, yes, yeah. this is this is where I, I need to be. Uh, VHS3 says Wishmaster placement on the list. You know, I really do respect Wishmaster. I think it's actually a gem and it's a, Subculture. you know, it's a very, it's a very unique film, especially during that time. And it's kind of like the, Hey, what about the monster movies? You know? So, but mm, sub, yeah, I'd agree. I'd almost say back of the line, even though I really like my wife loves Wishmaster. I could say, Hey, let's watch this. And she'll put it on. I'll, she'll put it on all the time. JG wants to know where we would put Mary Lou. Prom night two and three. Come on, man. Don't don't even don't make me. Like I have to be really honest. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> um Kevin Schmidt says, Why does Annie Wilkes never make it into these conversations? We suck as a fandom. Uh first of all, Kevin, fuck you. You suck. <laughs> um, honestly, no, I'm kidding, Kevin. I didn't think about it. Like I said, man, it's hard. I was telling Nick, I'm a, give me a break. I had 35 people. I mean, I can I can only think of so many people at the at the time. With that being said, Annie Wilkes, I, subculture. Now Kathy Bates is an icon. icon. Yes, yes. <laughs> but when you think of Kathy Bates, come on, you're thinking of Mama Boucher above anything else, and don't even try to lie to me. Yeah, that's Mama Boucher. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, McHorror. I, I gotta I gotta take I gotta take this comment on. So wrong. Uh this isn't even hyperbole. Godzilla versus Kong literally saved movie theaters. Like Yeah, it was a, one of the first big it yes. was it was it, it was massive overseas too. The the industry was terrified. Studios were terrified that movies were going to be done and legendary like held their ground and they said we're putting this in theaters. And it had the biggest opening in years in the US. It killed it overseas and made over 500 million. It's the highest grossing MonsterVerse movie. And it came out still in the COVID pandemic. Like, and it was it, early 2020. Was it late 2020, or early 2021? It was uh, May of 2021. And it was my return to the theater after a year and a half was that movie. And you could, you can go to Deadline, you can go to Variety, you can go to all these sites. And yes, sure, it's all opinion, but every single one of them did write ups about how that movie save the theater i remember yeah i i went into that movie a kong fan and i came out a godzilla fan i thought they portrayed kong as too much of a baby face in that movie and sorry wrestling term too much of a good guy and i don't know i i i understand why clearly but man i i love it when they go to kong instead of having kong go to godzilla so Godzilla was mean as hell, and I loved God. I ended up be becoming a bigger Godzilla fan from Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah. So I thought that movie was great. I loved all the neon lights and stuff, which was a lot of people had some issues with that because they were like, "Oh, this looks like a Christmas Dude, shit, tree fight." But I thought it was shit in really China pretty. was awesome. Oh yeah, I thought it was really pretty. Uh, let's see, Dalton Hobgoblin's tier back of the line, brother. I <laughs> back of the line. <laughs> Fuck off, y'all with this Hobgoblin shit. K-Dog, has anyone ever ruined your love for a movie? Oh, Nick does all the time. Um, Fuck. Fuck off. No, I don't know. Maybe. Um, I'd have to think about that. Uh, I can't think of Saw 4 without thinking of my ex-girlfriend, which, because I 
that was like one of our first dates, not my ex-wife. Um, so I don't know if that ruined it, but literally I watched it again the other night for the first time in a couple of years. And I, I immediately thought of that when we snuck into the theater to see mm -hmm. that when we were teenagers. So I don't know if anyone's ruined it, but like I have memories tied to movies that I'll never forget. I'll, 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 I'll figure it out as soon as we're off air. Of course. Yeah. Christian will be like, yeah. Oh, fucking uh, Halloween ends. Nick, uh, VHS three says Angela from sleepaway camp placement. What's up, big daddy J both of them. So both of them subcultures, meaning Pamela and Angela, meaning Pamela and, uh, um, uh, the girl from the first movie forget her name pamela springsteen both of them same tier felissa felissa rose yeah. both of them yeah i would agree felissa you know what felissa may be cult she is because of her boobs she is at every convention she has massive lines she's her image is starting to pop up a lot of places i would put pamela in subculture and and felissa in cult in cult i'd agree with that uh ben grimm's talking about how they did Kong dirty, how he would have died like four times if the military didn't intervene in that movie. Look, my opinion on that is pretty simple though. He's way outmatched by Godzilla. Like I understand that years ago they wanted to merge these two worlds and, and they wanted these two to fight, but like Godzilla is stronger. He's bigger. He literally has atomic breath. Like, He's he he's better. Like he's just better. Like Kong has opposable thumbs. Yes. But I think like so if it were literally just hand-to-hand -hand combat, like with Godzilla's little T-Rex arms, yeah, maybe. But Godzilla's got that fucking tail that can take down buildings. He can shoot atomic breath at you. He can he can swim. Like he's a lizard. Like I just think that I understand there's a lot of people that are Kong fans and like and I I, I love Kong too. Kong Skull Island is, I still think, my favorite on-screen representation of King Kong. But having said that, he's just outmatched against Godzilla. He just is. Like, I was going to be pissed. I remember leading up to that movie, I was like, bro, I, I literally, like, if Godzilla loses, I, I, I'm going to be pissed. Like, I really was going to be pissed. And the only time Godzilla, quote-unquote, lost in that movie was um, – with Mecha Godzilla, but that's because Mecha Godzilla was literally created to be better. Oh, I like, hated that. That's the only thing I don't like about that movie is the design of it. Yeah, it was it was a little like it's I don't too, know. It was like Alien Two, like endoskeletonish kind of look. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, other than that, uh, I still love the '60s Godzilla versus King Kong, where two dudes in a suit literally just swing at each other. Did you catch the reference to that in the new movie? I, I've slept since then. If I did, well, you remember the famous gif of the tree getting shoved in the mouth, right? The uh, they did a nice little callback to that. I think at one point Godzilla puts or Kong puts the axe in Godzilla's mouth. I didn't um, watch that again. Or I think it's the axe. He puts something in his mouth, and it was. I I remember uh, uh, Adam Wingard saying in an interview that it was it was an intentional callback. They didn't want to go as corny as him picking up a tree and putting it in his fucking. Oh, mouth. that would have been badass, dude. You yeah, me? but yeah, yeah. I love that movie because the King Kong suit, the face just looks like roadkill. And it's hyster <laughs> it's hysterical. But those movies are so funny. Um, yeah, they're so funny. So uh, Dalton's asking about 
Tim Burton, Batman Returns, or Nightmare Before Christmas? It's Christian's going to say Batman Returns. Which one I prefer? Yeah. Oh no, no, I'm I'm not a fan of Batman Returns. I just like the '89 one. Okay. So I'd go Nightmare Before Christmas. I'm very dude. When I say I'm picky with superhero movies, like I I I genuinely enjoy maybe a couple, like the old Superman films I'll watch, and I love the first '89 Batman. That's the exact perfect blend of everything that I would like in in a superhero movie is the 89 version. Yeah. I'm not not a big returns fan. I'm neither am I. So it's, it's nightmare before Christmas for me easily. Yeah. I don't even, and even then I'm not Danny Elfman guy. I'm come on. Like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a Boingo fan. Some people are like, I mean, some people on uh, about Nightmare Before Christmas, it's their whole personality. Yeah. I, I'm not like that. I, but there's people that genuinely adore that movie. I think it's great. But, yeah, it's definitely better than Batman Returns, I would say. Uh, getting a Sleepy Hollow 4K, Christian? You know what? I I was never a giant fan of that movie. I used to watch it when I was younger. And I watched it again about a year or so ago, and I thought it was good. When I learned the context, uh, the fact that, you know, Tim made that movie more aggressive and mad and mean because of his anger after the Superman fiasco he had. And I was like, Oh wow. I can see that more now. So uh, yes, long story short. Yes, I will. I think I have a DVD of that movie. So I still, it'd be, I, I still have a DVD. Up, it'd be an easy upgrade. I wouldn't mm-hmm. feel, I wouldn't have to justify it. You know? Yeah. Uh, dude, dude, I watched, you need to check out that, check out that Johnny Depp, uh, heard trial documentary. I, I watched the preview for it uh on netflix the other day and i was like i don't know it's it's really interesting because it's not one of those things where people are you know it's not talking heads that mm-hmm. like who are these people it literally just shows moments from the trial and expresses stuff it was really interesting to watch this is an interesting one muzak says batman returns has the best live action gotham in my opinion i'm gonna disagree i think matt reeves in the Batman, I think that was my favorite on-screen representation of Gotham. Even if just visually, I thought Gotham looked—I've never felt like Gotham was as crime-ridden and just dingy as as Matt Reeves' Batman. I'm not—I'm not versed enough to be able to answer that. I have to go to your better judgment on that. I will just I, say that I haven't watched—I watched Batman when it came out. And I haven't watched 89 in a number of years, two or three years. That's the one thing that that Nolan didn't do well enough for me in the Dark Knight trilogy. Gotham at no, there were times where the people of Gotham seemed kind of seedy and shady, but I never felt like the city as a whole was as crime ridden and as much of a problem as we always were led to believe that it was. Um, I think that was one of the one of the only knocks on Nolan's trilogy was I just didn't feel like Gotham was enough of a character. I just didn't. Whereas I think that in Matt Reeves, the Batman, I absolutely think Gotham is a character in and of itself. And even, even if just visually, that movie has some of the best, like that, the best cityscapes. I mean, just, yes. Yeah. But Returns is good. Return. Yes. I, I it's and Muzak follows up saying that it feels right from the comics. That's absolutely true. I guess I just lean more. I'm not as big of the comics fan. Um, but yeah, Dallas says Nolan's Gotham was just Chicago. I mean, yeah, yeah, basically like it, Gotham shouldn't feel like, Oh, we're in Atlanta. We're in Chicago. No, it should feel like worse than any city. Um, Chicago is pretty bad now I hear it is pretty bad. 
Um, but it also has been pretty bad for a long time. So yeah, I'm, I don't know. That's where I stand on that. But uh, uh, Matt wants to know if we're getting the David Gordon Green Halloween 4K Steelbook set. I mean, you know what? It's pretty cool looking. I'll probably break down because I just rewatch all those movies and it's much easier to, con- it's much easier to consume them now that it's all said and done. You know, it's like uh, th- th- it happened. And I, yep. I walked away enjoying things about all three of them. Still have h- hardcore fan gripes. But, um, you know, I like a, a lot of movies that I really like. I don't I can't justify stuff about them. So I'd feel hypocritical to uh, railroad those movies anymore. I don't have any desire to railroad them. So that being said, I don't know, probably unless it's ridiculously priced. But That's, it's, yep. it's pretty. That's the like only caveat for me. If it's if it's like insanely priced, no. You, I, I just I own all of them. You know, you, on 4K, you've got steel books. I mean, at some point, even as a Halloween fan, there does need to be a line where I'm like, if this is 130, 140 bucks, there's no fucking way I'm buying it. Like mm-hmm. I'm just I'm not. Okay. Um, ben says Jack Burton or Snake Pliskin. Pliskin for me personally. Big Trouble in Little China is way better than Escape from New York. I'm Jack Burton all fucking day. Okay. You know what Jack Burton says in a time like this? Who? Who the fuck is that? <laughs> Come on, dude. Oh, I I figured you were gonna go Burton. Come on, I'm not, you know. I know you love Big Trouble. Um. So let's preview what we got coming up next. <laughs> oh, Big um, Crack Rock is so right. All that motherfucker does is cry. <laughs> I mean, maybe if I had a heart attack, too, I would cry every day, too. But also, like, my grandpa had, like, three heart attacks and, like, two open-heart surgeries, and he still, like, calls me a sissy baby if I get nervous or scared about something. So. Hey. <laughs> he goes the other way on don't, that one. Yeah, don't switch up now. Um, <laughs> I'm previewing what's coming next, guys. Um, <laughs> as far as uh, as far as episodes we have in mind, like, obviously, it uh, by the end – Hopefully, by the end of this month, we will do another After Dark. Uh, Last time we did that, it did get a little uh, off the rails because I think that moving forward, it's going to be a thing where we make it known to people when we do those that, like, I don't want to bring on, you know, seven, eight people at one time because then it's just like Christian and I, like, aren't even talking. Um, And then, you know, there's a lot of different topics that people want to talk about and cover, and it can just kind of get a little hectic. So probably just, like, one person at a time. But we're definitely going to do another one of those very soon because uh, that was something we we promised you guys. And then as far as episodes we have, this is where you guys come in. You know, Christian and I, he'll text me an idea. Hey, you want to watch this movie for the pod this week? Sure. Or, hey, we, you know, we'll see a video and go, you know, what? we should do that. All right, we'll do it this week. But, I mean, this is where you guys come in. Like, you guys let us know. In all seriousness, like what you like to see, shouldn't have said all seriousness. In all seriousness, because I know you know hobgoblins too. The price is still seven hundred and fifty dollars. Seven fifty cash. You paid seven fifty cash to either one of our PayPal's, and we are doing hobgoblins too. Um, but as you know, aside from that, I mean, you guys let us know. Like, we have ideas. We we could you know we could brainstorm. I mean, I know we're gonna have Gary on soon. Uh, Gary Tunacliffe back on. I want to get Sean Clark back on soon. 
some guys that we haven't touched base with and with in like a year. So I'd like to get them back on. Plus, we I mean we gotta we gotta ask Gary what he thought about Hellraiser. We haven't talked to him since before it came out. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as uh, fuck that, Ben. No, Midsummer watch along. No, come on, I do that, dude. It's like three hours. I don't want to watch the director's cut. Oh, so two and a half. Okay, so it'd be a three-hour-long episode. I just that movie was. I just found it boring, man. I just really. Uh, I don't know. That's I don't know. probably why Ben's suggesting it. Yeah, uh, Muzak asking about Ashley Lawrence. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, I followed up with that about two weeks ago uh, to the contact that I was talking about or talking to uh, about it. From what I was told, she still wanted to. But as of right now, the big reason why she can't do press anyway. So she had been filming something. She had said that when she was done with that and her schedule lightened up, she'd like to come on. Strikes happen. She can't do anything. Uh, even if she wanted to, because she's a member of SAG. So hopefully this stuff gets resolved soon. I was supposed to have, and I'm still going to have, I've been in contact with Michelle Dawson, who was Nurse Dead from Halloween Ends, the hot redhead. Uh, she wants to come on my channel. And uh, we had set up a date and everything the week before the strikes happened. And then she messaged me and she was like, hey, just want to let you know, I can't now that we're on the strike. She was like, but don't get the wrong idea. As soon as these are over. I like, I want, I'm going to do it. Like, and I was like, Oh, you're good. Like I totally get it. So we can't have, I mean, we just can't have actors on right now or writers for that matter. Uh, I reached out to Josh Stolberg, the writer of salt in uh, on Twitter. Cause he followed me um, a couple of days ago. I reached out to him and I said, Hey, uh, would love to have you on our podcast, blah, blah, blah. And I got the same, you know, he basically was like, I'd love to once the strikes are resolved. So, when there's people, there, yeah, there's people that we have that we can get on here, but anybody that's working in the industry as a writer or an actor right now, they, they can't come on right now. They, they, they literally can't. So, uh, sorority house massacre two watch along. Uh, that's two people saying that an episode covering Bravo's original, a hundred scariest movie moments. That's a good one. Yeah. I, if I could get a list form for it. I'm sure you could. I Yeah. Um, Brokeback Mountain watch along. All day. I love that movie. Dude, that movie. I, I, it's a okay. good movie. It's a so good movie. It became a meme in school. <laughs> Your favorite movie is Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> you know, like 2005 or whatever. All my friends. Would, and then I was like, one day I was home alone. I was like, I'm going to fucking watch this movie. And I was thinking, okay, you know, whatever. Like, no, dude, they just start fucking in that tent mm -hmm. out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's crazy shit. Props to those guys. They went for it. You want to set a dollar amount for Brokeback Mountain? <laughs> People are asking um, about it. Brokeback Mountain, I'm gonna I'm set the price at. I'm gonna set the price at four seventy five cash. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Phantasm watch along. Uh, I want to do two. Phantasm watch along is gonna be three fifty cash phantasm two is free we'll do two for free <laughs> um yeah we're getting a lot of joke requests in here so you were right maybe I I got, here's go. one comment about me that way i can even the odds uh oh, here this is for, for the saw episode we did uh which i thought was a great episode um it did really good 
It's got 2.4 thousand views. So people really into that. Uh, Hollering Smith. I love you, Christian, but you are absolutely wrong about the Saw franchise. Laugh my ass off. Two is the best and five is by far the worst. Um, like I said, dude, it's interesting. Like people love two, but, and you know, me and Sydney rewatched a couple, uh, after that episode, because she was like, what did you, what are you guys doing the show on? I was like, oh, it's Saw. And she was like, let's rewatch a couple. I was like, I just re, I remember I was like, I just like rewatched a bunch of them. She goes, well, it's, I never, so let's watch some. And she's like, I was like, I, every time I ask her, which one do you want to watch? She always goes to the first one. She always. So we watched the first three and I don't know. She loves one. And then, like, she agreed. She was like, ah, two's just, eh, I don't know. And besides the soundtrack, which I think two has the best soundtrack. I mean, all the music in that one is great, but still, I'm sorry. Two is not my jam. Dude, I uh, made a, um, I made a. Dallas Jones, two is the best and five is the worst. Hard you know what, Dallas Jones? Guess what? You know what? You just made the list. All right. You son of a bitch. What's the list? You'll find out eventually. You'll find out. Uh, as far as an update on Sean Clark, we can have Sean on anytime, anytime. Um, he, I mean, he's reiterated that to us. As long as we work out schedules like a week in advance, we can get Sean on here. Um, here's, here's the thing though, Ryan, I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that you're saying it, Ryan, you want to know how you make him not amazing if he comes on too often. Yes. It's been a year. So it's, you know, right around the time where we do it again. Um, I just, but, all I want to talk about with Sean is Tony Moran. <laughs> Yeah, I am the only one that played Michael Myers. You fucking bitch. Uh, the Babadook is a thousand. A thousand. Is a thousand. Uh, we got a we got a question about Ravager. I said a thousand as well. Hey, listen, Babadook is a thousand plus per diem. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm gonna be hungry that day. Yes. Um. Yeah. No, dude. I saw. I saw. Uh, I made a poll on Twitter the other day, just when I was watching Saw Four. I I was, I I was I saw it. Well, I saw yeah, I saw it. Saw five did not get the no. get the highest rating. And some people, I got a couple replies. I like, why, some people were like, "What? Like, why is Saw five on here?" I was like, "Guys, I picked the four lowest rated movies, like on IMDb. Like that was it. It wasn't my opinion. Those are the four lowest rated. So out of the four that most people say are unequivocally the bottom four, five is money. Yeah, no, I really, really liked it upon my my most least, uh, recent rewatch. I really, really did. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like once you accept that you're getting into the Hoffman world, uh, it's so much easier. I still hate, hate the ending of Saw 4. Hate that ending more than anything in the world. It's just so anticlimactic and uh, also just really dumb. Like Eric dies because Rig came through the door. So I was pissed about Eric dying. Somehow the guy's able to still throw the tape recorder to rig, even though he's getting shot in the head at the same time. And then Hoffman just unties his arms and stands up and goes game over. I'm like, this y'all tried to recreate the the surprise of the first movie, and it just was no. Fucking bastards. No. Yeah, just no. I like Saw 4, but I, I hate that ending. Thank you, Cody. Appreciate you. Um so yeah. Uh anything else, Christian? We've been going about an hour and a half. Uh, let me just, if you want to ask, answer a couple more questions, I'll look for one more good one. Uh, happy hell night commentary, just because it's kind of obscure. I've never even heard of it. Yeah. And you'll be the only one watching it. JG Michael <laughs> enter the void or requiem for a dream. Requiem for a dream. Um, uh, 
I don't think I've seen Enter the Void, so I have to vote Requiem as well. That's that's why I did. I haven't seen it. I like how I am the one that admits yeah. it, though. You motherfucker. Uh, I didn't give a reason why, in my defense. So I didn't say. You know what? It's just so much better. <laughs> Let me see. Let me go to the therapy session episode. By the way, guys, if you have not liked this, there's over 80 of you guys in here right now. Please throw a like. Drop a like. Drop a like. And uh, I know some of you guys are probably here from uh, Christian, obviously. Uh, this is my channel. So if you haven't subscribed to my channel, uh, my stuff doesn't totally suck. Like and subscribe. Pick 31 movies to watch during October, an episode where we do that. We could do that this October for sure. We could plan that to have it drop October 1st. So if you guys wanted to be like true, loyal, you need a listeners, we'll give you a list. That's actually a good idea. Good shit, Zach. That is, that, that is a good idea. Yeah. And I'm sure we would disagree. Uh, well, actually, we would each have our own 31 list. So it'd be interesting to see how alike they are and maybe how different they are. Yeah, I have not like, seen uh, Gaspar Noe climax. No, I don't. I, I don't. Need I have that. not. I have not Dallas, but you're on my list, brother. <laughs> um, Tony Moran checking up with the bully girl from the school bathroom screen. Screen is crazy. Oh, dude. Yes, <laughs> and they're both. No, nah, I don't want. I don't want to say anything that can get me in trouble. <laughs> oh, really quick, really quick. Do have to say, I was arguing with a troll earlier on my channel because he found my Daniel Harris video where I said it's not going to happen. And he was like, well, that's just subjective arrogance. You don't know that. And I replied and I said, no, I, I do know that. Like, I'm just I'm just like, you know, like it's not going to happen. And he was like, I don't care about your narcissism complex. You can't say that. So, <laughs> yeah, dude, this guy was a fucking asshole. So. Go ahead. Um, go ahead. I, I, I went through the same fucking thing, and yeah. it's the exact same kind of situation. Yeah. So let me just say this: I, I'm allowed to say this publicly. I'm not going to give you reasons why, you but jackass. I will say publicly. You fucking twat waffle. Sean Clark directly told Christian and I, she is never coming back to Halloween as long as Malika Cod is alive. You can take that information however you want. We know why. I'm not going to put Sean. You know why? Like. This is fanboy bullshit. Do you really think anybody besides us Halloween fanatics would go pay money to see that no. at a movie theater? Even then, no. Christian, forget about the marketability. There are reasons that Malik has that he does not want to work with her. So y'all can believe what you want to believe. You can shit in one hand and hope in the other. Tell me which one fills up faster. Which I do. Because it, it it's never going to happen. Never and, and never. And I'm not I'm not going to put the reasons out there. And Christian's not going to put the reasons out there because I don't want to blast Sean like that. But he told us both the reasons why. And let me just tell you something. It ain't happening. It It's never going to happen. So before you comment on a video like that and say from somebody, a channel you come across, you don't know where they get their information. You don't know who they talk to. You, you don't know. And if you watch the whole video, you might have had a different perspective on it. But you just saw the title. You're like, you're a fucking idiot. And it's like, all right, man, I guess I'm done. I had the same thing happen to me when we got the announcement that Halloween six through eight were coming out last year. And this, I don't, I, I, this is why I don't even bother saying like, look guys, I, I, 
have it on good authority because of the person I talked to. Because first of all, I never think anybody's going to take me seriously when I say that anyway. Yeah, sources of, trust me, bro. Yeah. But of course, but of course, it was again Sean Clark. This is in the past, so it's not like I'm you know giving anything away. But I, I remember I was like Sean, so what's going on with Halloween? Resurre- uh, Rob Zombie's movies. Why are they not coming? A Scream Factory putting oh, them out? Yeah, he told us both this. Yeah, yeah, and he said no. That they've got totally different licensing issues, and people. Now I understand why it's confusing. I'll say it very briefly. Six through eight are owned by Disney technically because they're Miramax. Now Paramount has now bought those movies, but the Rob Zombie films are under the Weinstein Company, which is not Miramax. It's separate. Yes. Even though it's under the Dimension label, it's a it's a very confusing ball of wax. It was a joint venture with Dimension and Wines and Company. So because of that, those movies are in legal limbo somewhat still. I think Lionsgate owns them, but they're not doing any 4Ks for them. So it was a different ball of wax. But in that comment, in the video, I was like, guys, look, it's breaking. You know, we're seeing uh, I don't want the discs talk about this. We're seeing XYZ talk about this. Uh, but we're not getting Rob Zombies because I have it on good authority that those have way different legal issues, blah, blah, blah. And, of course, I, this one guy was like, nah, you're you're wrong. They're the same company. So I don't know who you're talking to, but they're completely full of crap. And I just wanted to be like, you know what, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and I remember after this was announced publicly, I think on one of the podcasts, I was like, hey, you guy who commented and said I was wrong, where are you? Comment again. Like, I never saw that guy again. And he was meaner than that. But it's just like, that's why I'm yeah. like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not bothering going to say, guys, look, I have it on good authority. Because nobody's going to take me seriously. So I just no. don't even bother. I keep my mouth shut. Yeah. And, and Cody, uh, yeah, thank you for the super chat, man. Yeah, I I, I heard that. That's awesome. That, that's awesome. Max, I can't yeah, she was at the movie theater watching the new ones. That's what she yeah, was Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, by the back way, to Hollywood franchise. Dallas says, was it at least a good reason? It was multiple reasons. And yes, they're good reasons. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. But yeah, dude, it just pisses me off, man. Cause I've never seen this guy before. So he obviously, the algorithm you know, led him to my channel because he was searching something Halloween, Daniel Harris related. So he's probably a Daniel Harris fanboy. And was like, well, you don't know that. It's like, dude, I am too. But I'm it's, sorry, it's just it's, no, it's not gonna. Yeah, it's not gonna fucking happen, guys. It's it's just not. Now, when Malik dies and Danielle's like seventy, maybe, maybe we get H five, the the true H five that everyone wants. When Danielle's now the old Lori Strode, like who the fuck knows? But as long as Malik's alive, it's not going to happen. And uh, but it just pissed me off because the guy, like, I wasn't even a dick when I replied. He was a dick. And his initial comment, and I was just like, "Hey, man, uh, I'm just telling you, like, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not being subjective here. Like, I, I do know that it's not going to happen." He was like, "You don't know that. I don't care about your narcissism complex." And I was like, "Buddy, you don't know me. I have a very low opinion of myself. Definitely not a narcissist." Yeah, I know. No, I roasted the fuck out of him in my reply, and he didn't reply. So, yeah. Um, uh, and hey, Dallas, that's why I was careful about not giving any information. That way, Danielle and Scout can't play this clip because I didn't give a single reason. I'm not doing that. I'm smarter than that on the fucking internet. I'm not doing it. I'm not, I'm just not doing it. I, you, yeah, and I'm not doing it. So, uh, again, thank you, Cody, for that super chat. Uh, I very much appreciate it. Oh, uh, Cody. But yeah, dude, it's like Christian, Christian can back me up. We've been told, and we and there are reasons it ain't happening. Um, take that for what you will. Um, but yeah, guys, this shit was fun. You had about 80, 80 plus, 70, 80 plus this entire time. 
I'm going to be salty as hell. If the likes don't reflect that, I'm going to be real sad. Um, uh, we'll be back together again in the studio. We're going to get in the booth later this week for, um, for our, uh, for an, uh, a regular episode. Uh, don't know what day, but Christian knows that I'm pretty much good every night this week. So we'll, we'll iron that out. We have no fucking clue what it's going to be yet. That 31, Zach, that idea, we are going to do that. Uh, we'll have that episode drop October 1st, uh, just so you guys can cue it up and you can know uh, what movies you should watch uh, every day in October. But uh, yeah, this was fun. I, I, I like to see the turnout in here. I really did. You guys, you guys showed up. Uh, hopefully some of you guys subscribed to me that hadn't already. Some of you guys that think I'm exhausting, you probably did not, um, but that's okay. Uh, this was a good idea, Christian. This was a good idea. I think that people are going to like this. We're going to, we're going to try to do this twice a month. So like Christian said, when he was explaining all this to you guys a couple weeks ago, as he put it, you motherfuckers are going to get two debriefs and an after dark. So three extra Unita shows just because y'all keep asking for it. So leave an interesting comment on the episodes and I'll bring it up on these. Yes, yeah. This is now, if we do this debrief once every two weeks, that'll give two episodes in between for each one. So we will have two episodes worth of comments. So if you give an interesting comment, you might get roasted. So we'll end it off with this. This comes from Tales from the Shelf. The way I feel about cinematography is kind of the same way I feel about cars. I don't know shit about them, but I know who and when I see it. <laughs> True words have never been spoken. Batman, thank you. Tony Moran is our next guest. Can't I am wait. fucking Michael Myers, you fucking bitch. We're, we're gonna James ask you. Courtney's my bitch. We're gonna ask him. What are your thoughts on Tyler Maine? He's my bitch. Go, I laid the that. groundwork. I was Michael Myers, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. What the man. fuck is his problem? Who has three names? James Hugh Courtney. You got to be a fucking arrogant prick. <laughs> By the way, I love Tommy Lee Wallace. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fucking idiot. Uh, JG, reach out. It, we uh, Christian would love to have Linnea Quigley on here. I know he would. Sure, yeah. I'd take Tony Moran first, but... Yeah, yeah, dude. Well, I would roast the fuck out of Tony. You wouldn't want to bring Tony on here. Tony and fucking it, Moran! And if I roasted him, he'd go to Danielle Harris and she'd make a video on Instagram about how we were mean to him. You know, like she did at that convention, which, I don't know. When she did that, I was like... I don't know about you anymore, Danielle. I'll just but. pull a I'll just pull a Jamie Lee Curtis when she takes my videos and people are like, Christian, do you have any response? I don't know who you are. That's yeah. my response. <laughs> yeah, did you guys see what she did? Who? I don't know who you are. Was she in some B movie in the eighties or something? I, yeah. I don't Scout, call me. Uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, reach out. Scout. Um, she's not married yet, Christian. We still got time. <laughs> still got time. Uh Quentin, don't worry, my friend. The next After Dark, if you become a patron of Christian or myself, fuck it. Even if you're not, we're bringing you on After Dark. Christian and I already talked about it. You know, you should you should become both of our patrons, though, for a dollar. Yeah, you definitely should. It's only a dollar. It's only a dollar. I don't know, you know. It's only a dollar. To all you guys listening, it's only a buck. And you get, at the very least, early access to uploads for either one of us. Yeah. Early access to uh, <laughs> uh, you need an episode every week and you get a bonus you need every month. That alone's worth a fucking buck. That's right. It's worth a buck. Just saying. But I'm done hawking our shit. We love you guys. We'll see you later this week on Christian's channel. Nick and Christian from the Unita Horror Podcast and we're